Hello. Hi. Uh, try number two. <laughs> you don't have to tell them that. No, no, I do because you excellently got our little stockings oh, out and yeah. they're so nice. Because it's Christmas on Wednesday. I know, it's so soon. Mm-hmm. It uh, doesn't quite feel like Christmas to me. At this, <laughs> I don't know why. You're I've been from busy. Buffalo, I'm New York. It's not snowy. Like 60, <laughs> yeah. 60 degrees out. It did rain all day today. If this yeah. was Buffalo, that would have been a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. But it is not, and that's all right. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a trade-off, but mm-hmm. at least I don't have to deal with snow for multiple months. Mm-hmm. I don't deal with snow at all. True. How are you doing? Good. You're uh, done with the semester, just a little bit of grading left. Yeah. And enjoying your break so far? Nice. Yeah. I don't know that we really have uh, any major plans. We're just kind of enjoying ourselves and relaxing and doing some creative things and dealing with the puppy walking around and making his click clacks. Hello, Winston. (laughs) And we are done with the first book. We are. The last chapter. Yes, but I think we're still planning to do like a finale episode that's more of a summary. Yes. Um. And I'm excited about that, but I'm also excited to talk about the this chapter. Are you ready to get I into it? I am ready. All yes. right, cool. So Juan's ready. Uh, everyone can turn to page 288, The Man with Two Faces. Today's lesson is called Gambits and Sacrifices. Uh, we'll start with a synopsis. The chapter starts with Quirrell revealing himself as the enemy. He quickly subdues Harry tells him how he became to how he came to become a follower of Voldemort and then returns to the last obstacle between him and the sorcerer's stone the mirror of Erised Harry trying to prevent Quirrell from completing his mission realizes that he should be able to see where the stone is hidden if he looks in the mirror as he tries to stealthily do so a horrible voice suggests to Quirrell to make Harry look in the mirror Uh, Harry does so and sees himself putting the stone in his pocket when, to his surprise, the stone actually appears in that pocket. The voice demands to face Harry directly and realizes Harry was lying about not knowing where the stone was. Voldemort is revealed to be subsisting in Quirrell's body and orders Quirrell to attack Harry and take the stone. Quirrell cannot bear to touch Harry, however, and Harry attempts to hold on to him despite searing pain. Harry awakes in the hospital wing to find Dumbledore watching over him. The two discuss the events surrounding the stone and some details of Harry's past. Later, a distraught Hagrid gifts Harry a photo album of his parents. Finally, Harry recovers enough to go to the end-of-year feast where Dumbledore grants Harry, Hermione, Ron, and Neville enough points to cause Gryffindor to win the House Cup. Harry's first year at Hogwarts ends, and he meets with his family on platform nine and three quarters. Mm-hmm. We could start with the, the end of your feast mm-hmm. card. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Mm-hmm. We also have two other ones here. Philosopher's Stone, which is a nice card there. And then this one's not going to be very visible, but you can see it actually okay. on our first video where we opened cards. We happened to get this Harry Triumphant card. It's like extremely foiled so it's hard to see unless you're actually like looking at it kind of off 
Yeah, it's basically a, little... a mirror of yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. But crazy chapter, huh? Mm-hmm. I called it gambits and sacrifices. Yeah. Do you want to talk about? Yeah. That? So I'm. They're chess terms. Mm-hmm. Um, the part that always sticks out to me when I reread this book, I'm, I don't know about the first couple times that I read it. I think I was just excited by like. I didn't know the rest of the story, so I didn't pay necessarily as much attention to Harry is really being kind of tugged around a lot. I mean, like the gambit is Dumbledore. Dumbledore is risking Harry's well-being pretty severely at this point. I mean, it's so clear. Like mm-hmm. he reveals himself to be the one who gave Harry the, the cloak both times and, you know, wanted him to to have the I mean Harry suspects later that like Dumbledore wanted him to have the chance to face Voldemort head on but that was a risk I mean Mm -hmm. it's a real risk Dumbledore himself says like I thought it was too late well in the (laughs) hospital wing yeah he basically says you nearly died and it's like Dumbledore (laughs) all of this work what are you doing (laughs) yep and so it's I think for the first real time for me reading we get a sense of Dumbledore and Voldemort playing a game here that they're they have a long long history of struggling against each other and trying to outflank and outmaneuver each other and do this you know in response to this and and no one would suspect Quirrell and you know all this Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily remember Dumbledore being so transparent uh of saying like hey, you can ask me questions, but I might not answer mm-hmm. them. <laughs> Unless yeah, I have a reason to. Lie. Yeah, yeah. But I, and, I actually think he did lie. But So like the first question that Harry's like, oh, why does he want me dead? And he's like, I can't answer Oops. that. <laughs> yeah. It goes back to some of our earlier themes, which isn't yeah. surprising of like preparation and things like that. Because Dumbledore mm-hmm. explicitly says like when you're, when Better you are prepared. older, I know you hate to hear this. When you are ready, you will know. When you're I, ready, that yeah. was one of the quotes I wrote down. And <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so frustrating. <laughs> but in the context of what we know about the book, that it's basically necessary of, you know, for... And Harry ultimately is at, at a certain point, I guess, ready. But in terms of... um. I don't know. We talked about preparation and all of this like manipulation and that sort of thing. And I don't know if it's, I, I guess like where I'm at with that idea or just going back to the idea of preparation and readiness is that you will never know or you will know, but it's not because like you did a series of things that led you to be ready necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe like this inevitable thing. It's too hard to hide forever. It's not, yeah, it's not like you can control it, even though we might have this illusion of like, oh, this was in some sense, like we had a hand in shaping how this person turned out to be. And I don't know if that's like just us over rationalizing the the things that we do. Um, But it's, I was, I mean, again, I was frustrated at that quote. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Me too. I mean, look, Dumbledore is simultaneously, it's so complex, right? He's simultaneously, it's understandable all the maneuvers he's making the choices he makes, but it doesn't make him less frustrating from certain points of view, right? It's like, yeah, no. I mean, you can justify it for sure, but you could easily justify like putting the whole truth out there right now. Mm-hmm. Like, 
a 12 year old who's or 11 turning 12 year old, like who goes through this life, isn't that much less prepared than he would be next year if he found out or next year Mm -hmm. if he found out. So yes, I, I think where, where it gets to eventually is the idea that Dumbledore himself doesn't, he, he, he's being a bit selfish himself, right? He knows that there's no mythical readiness, like time when Harry gets to learn certain things, though he plays that for a long, long time. But he himself is putting it off because he knows the pain that some of that information might cause. Mm-hmm. Well, and part of so. it is he doesn't know how Harry will respond or react to it. True. I mean, I imagine True. that a piece of it is this fearfulness of like, Part of Dumbledore's power comes from this, like, oh, well, Harry doesn't know. Like, Harry can't act within his own agency. I feel like this last chapter, I even said to you, I was like, oh, it's only, like, 20-whatever pages because I feel like so much um, happens, but it's not really in detail. There's a lot of, like, little remnants of, I wrote down a bunch of quotes because I was like, oh, within the context of the whole series, like, this is really important, but we don't know that reading this for right, the first right, time. Right. And so it feels very much like from the, because everything we read is from the perspective of Harry pr- mm. predominantly. It's just like, Harry went through this entire first year at this magical school. There was this giant mystery mm-hmm. that we're finally, like, resolving. And so it's kind of like, yes, we did it. This is like this is the end like i'm happy i'm even happy to go back home to the uh, the dursleys and like wait for and the next, next year, year. Will be a normal year yeah, yeah. I love that one. and it's yeah. just um it to me was very much i mean this is the beginning of harry's journey because it like all of this crazy stuff happens and it's like okay yay mm-hmm. and um later on in the further stories that we'll read is it it doesn't end so packaged and quick like that (laughs) no it doesn't so yeah 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 there's a lot i mean dumbledore this is the most besides the mirror chapter that we hear dumbledore Mm -hmm. speak and it's the most personal besides the mirror chapter um so basically twice in this book he has had moments with harry where he can talk more openly or more personally about Harry himself. And he's withholding. I mean, and, you know, it it is interesting. Like, does Dumbledore have any questions about who Harry is? You know, he's not all-knowing, right? Sometimes I think when I reread, I come from the perspective of, like, well, I know the whole story. So, Mm -hmm. like, Dumbledore, you fool. Like, why don't you just tell him? But... We can't necessarily know, like, if Dumbledore said something to Harry now, like, how he would react, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Would it be the same as when he finds out kind of on his own time or in his own ways, like, you know, through Sirius about, you know, the, the Marauders and through whatever it might be, the Order, and through Voldemort himself telling him, revealing different things. And in the graveyard, we see that scene all the time on our TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but... It is a satisfying end to the first year. It cracks me up when he says, like, oh, it looks like next year will probably just be a normal year at Hogwarts. I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. Sure. <laughs> sure but I, I was struck this time around by actually something that I hadn't really remembered being said, which was Dumbledore said something to the effect of, like, 
maybe will prevent him from ever coming back. I also wrote that quote down. I wrote several quotes down Mm because I couldn't choose a single one. But yeah, and if he is delayed again and again, why he may never return to power. The reason I wrote that down, though, was because I wrote a previous quote down earlier um, from Voldemort, who says, mere shadow and vapor, I have form only when I can share another's body, but there have always been those willing to let me into their hearts and minds. And so that, to me, was more of like alluding to this metaphorical like this idea of hatred or supremacy or domination and um how that you don't necessarily need a figure like voldemort is he's saying he's shadow and vapor yet still there are people who hold on to his I don't know, like uh, his calls and messaging and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so that can live on. And so um, when Dumbledore's talking about this, about this like delay, 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 um, I think what he's speaking to might actually go back to what he says at the end of your feast when he's talking about bravery and like standing up for Mm -hmm. things that are right. And um, I mean, we have our three. We have Ron getting points. We have Hermione getting points. Harry getting points. Mm-hmm. None of that is surprising because they're our main characters. And then you have Neville, who's getting that last ten points for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, displaying b- bravery and standing up to his friends, which we already talked a little bit about of Neville's bravery. But that's kind of this like. So if you think of Voldemort as. Um, part of an ideology and rather than like a very purely evil individual which i mean we can but you can also think about um how it parallels with other things we deal with in our society and yeah i think you're totally right the two quotes that you just said the one about being delayed again and again and the there have always been those willing to let me into their hearts and minds like that depicts very succinctly what morality struggles with ethics look like even within the single person like needing Mm -hmm. to struggle against like you're going to constantly be be in places and in circumstances where you could open your mind to you know things that lead you down one path or things that lead you down another path make a decision to like resist something or make a decision to give in and it's not like you've turned on that path and that's it you always have to revisit it and wonder and think about you know am I kind of have I opened my mind to this type of Voldemort what he stands Mm -hmm. for or am I actually still resisting Mm -hmm. am I doing some of both you know it's an interest that's like this is why I went with like a chess theme which is like there's something here it's bigger maybe now that we're talking even than Voldemort and Dumbledore they're they're just the latest instance of this conversation Mm -hmm. or game Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the most serious sense of of gaming yeah another connection to previous episodes I had was when Dumbledore was talking about the stone and he's telling Harry because Basically, Harry was like, oh, Nicholas Flamel and his mm. wife are going to die. Mm. Like, And he's kind of like, oh, my gosh. And Dumbledore is like, you know, the stone was really not such a wonderful thing. As much money in life as you could want. The two things most human beings would cho- choose above all. The trouble is humans do have a knack of choosing precisely those things. 
that are worse for them. Mm-hmm. And it brought me back to this idea of muggle problems, magical problems. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, framing it as like humans, like we in our humanity, in our in, in being human, um, there might be these desires that are basically self-destructive. And we kind of explore that through like, the different characters with their insecurities, their needs, their desires. There's mm-hmm. these like objects of the mirror of Erised and, um, you know, men wasting away, staring mm-hmm. into the mirror. So we have these objects that can kind of speak to these fundamental or um, when I say fundamental, I mean like things that have existed across generations right. of humankind um, and how that plays out. And... Uh, yeah, so I, it just brought me back to those conversations of yeah, this is this is like the con like the conflicts that we see are not necessarily something specific to the wizarding world, even though there is some sort of distinction of like oh there are magical people and non magical people and it's like well guess what you're all humans and you all like deal <laughs> with the same things that cause um, pain and destruction and also things that create joy and happiness and love mm-hmm. and all of that so. It's just very complicated. For sure. Yeah, what about the stone? What do you think about? I mean, so the decision to destroy it, or they've already destroyed it, I can't remember it precisely. Yeah, it's already destroyed. It's a unique... It's a unique... It always struck me as a somewhat... What's that, Winston? He growled, yeah. Oh, he did? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we got like somebody at the a door package, or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, it always struck me as a somewhat, a somewhat strange resolution. Like it's a very nonchalant, right? I mean, there is that like excellent discussion as you just read some of it with Dumbledore, and then he also talks about how like death is just the next journey, you know, mm-hmm. to the well-organized mind. And it's a, but it, there is something odd to me as a reader about the resolution to the stone just being yep yep destroyed it like, why yeah. didn't you destroy it before? right because you had this whole entire endeavor where you're Part trying to protect gambit. it yeah you're protecting it or you're moving it from the vault and gringotts and then you have to protect it in hogwarts and all this stuff and then i mean maybe just at a certain point it's like you know what this isn't worth it because mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. the entire if there's this grander plan with Harry, this entire plan was put in jeopardy. Hmm. Like it's not worth to keep this around. Although, um, I guess I don't know if Voldemort would know that the stone was destroyed, but, or whatever, like, you know, so, um, yeah, it does seem a little odd, but it's kind of like, it's funny that now we're talking about it. And I was thinking Harry is the gambit, but the stone is a gambit as well. I mean, Dumbledore is risking the stone. If they could have destroyed it as easily as it seems like they could have, you know, it's an interesting, it is a gambit. that It starts make, making me think like this is all part of a strategy where you use the stone almost as a lure, lure. Yeah, in order that, to yeah. have Harry have this experience like sooner rather than later or something like that, mm. bringing it into Hogwarts. Like, mm-hmm. You know, why? Yeah. What else do you have? Uh, <laughs> we have a barking puffy here. <laughs> Very surprising. Yeah. It almost never barks. Does, it's only when there's a noise, something out, out the door. I was just trying to find some things on Quirrell. Um, oh, yeah. What'd you find? 
Well, just a couple of things from the Harry Potter wiki, which I'll link down below. But um, so Quirrell is actually he uses he says Lord Voldemort in his talking he does. about or to Harry, which is huh. a little strange because Voldemort's literally on his like in his body, <laughs> and he's just like Lord Voldemort <laughs> instead of the Dark Lord or whatever. Well, so he does. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, so he I just didn't notice that. Uses Voldemort's name, which is. Funny in contrast Just to like, like Constance. Yeah. Well, Constance from Wizards Unite is a whole different story. Yeah. Uh, we don't know about her. But um, Dumbledore says to Harry, because he kind of, Harry catches himself when he starts to say Voldemort, and then he's like, you know who? And Dumbledore's like, no, say his name. Right. So that, that was kind of interesting. Destiny's Child's. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Style. Exactly. Um, hmm. Also, so we learned this from the dialogue, though. Uh, Quirrell says that after he failed to get the stone from the Gringotts vault, that Voldemort was like, oh, I need to be closer to you. And so, like, hmm. at the point that Quirrell bumped into Harry at the Leaky Cauldron, he didn't have Voldemort there. That's right. But by the That's time... That's why they could shake hands. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I, I wrote some, a question to myself is like, okay, so Harry must have never touched Quirrell or come into contact with him like in the course of school because would he have burned, you know? Like mm-hmm. it would have been... How are you going to explain that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good thing they never bumped into I know. each other. Plan <laughs> falls apart. Oh my God. He just burned his whole side off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. Also, the etymology. So I was trying to look at the name also. Um, so his name is actually Quirinus Coral, which I'm just like... Quirinus. Quirinus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from the wiki, Quirinus is associated with the Roman god Janus. Um, so as a name, Janus Quirinus. And so Janus is a Roman god of beginnings and transitions which mm. seems appropriate for this first book, <laughs> um, and is often depicted as two-faced. So one face looking forward to the future and one looking back to the past. And I didn't really look up any imagery, but like just that description I find pretty fascinating if you're like simultaneously or switching back and forth, just looking forward or looking behind, but not like being present, I think like kind of captures this idea of even wanting the stone in the first place or Mm -hmm. thinking about like the past or like i need to destroy harry or like i'm scared of my past or scared of dying or Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. so this um i think if that is connected then that's pretty um you know it it fits yeah um and then there is also speculation that quirrell is perhaps a mashup between squirrel and quiver or, you know, just like the way that he's squirrely. like, yeah, squirrely, but also like uh, uh, stuttering. And mm. of course, we find out that that's all fake. You know? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> a great reveal. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. very satisfying to me as a reader. I've always liked that moment where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. faked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. If on purpose, like it's all part of a, a tactic here of, of faking everyone out and mm-hmm. making Snape look you know, more guilty. Yeah. Speaking of Snape, so Harry has <laughs> questions about Snape and yes, um, especially... Professor be- Snape. Professor Snape. Harry. Get it right, Harry. Yeah, Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shady Harry. Shady 11-year-old. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I really Thanks. like how when Harry is 
he's bringing up his father, James, and mm. the relationship between his dad and Snape. And Dumbledore's response is like, yeah, they really had did not like or had disliked towards each other, much like you and Mr. Malfoy. Like, I really I mean, yeah, it seems obvious as for us, like as readers. But I wondered when Dumbledore said that, like how Harry reflected on that later, Mm -hmm. if at all, Mm -hmm. Um, if he was because, you know, he has Harry throughout this entire book has had it out for Snape this entire Mm -hmm. time. And so it also made me wonder. So it made me wonder if, if that comparison to Harry, like the Harry Malfoy uh, relationship, was like Harry was just like, yes. So Snape is like Malfoy confirmed, like <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Yeah, that might have backfired on Dumbledore. Or if it was like, analogy. okay, you think about like your really like this is like it's not ab- abstracting of like these are two people and they're like characterized in a certain way. Like these are actually human people that have a relationship just like like you have feelings towards this person he has feelings towards you like and harry actually looks at malfoy and like relishes yes, his yes. like uh dismay at the house cup yeah hmm. yeah 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 oh, snape <laughs> the relation uh, Snape's feelings towards Harry have not changed a single jot. I always <laughs> thought that word was fun. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if it's a UK like phrase. Mm-hmm. Kind of like to me, like the word at least for American English would be like a bit, not mm-hmm. a single bit or not a single like iota. But mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I mean, we have this great uh, kind of wrap up of a single story but there's all these threads i mean it's not over let alone like the 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 clear and ominous thing of like well no Voldemort's not dead like he's <laughs> he was just got fled you know mm-hmm. quarrel is still here or maybe dead i don't even remember uh but you know you think next year is going to be normal i think you might be wrong <laughs> do you know who you are yeah <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. But I think, uh, do you have anything else on the chapter? Uh, no. The only other quote I wrote down was, what happened down in the dungeons between you and Professor Quirrell is a complete secret, so oh. naturally the whole school knows. I love <laughs> that line. made me laugh a lot. I, yeah. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, and then Fred and George send Harry a toilet a seat. A toilet seat, for yeah. For reasons passing understanding. Yeah, but that... I've loved that quote. Yeah, it's so great. It's so well written. That to it embodies this idea of a school so well. That line of being like, "Oh yes, it was entirely secret, so everyone knows." And, <laughs> yeah. and then it comes back around to some extent, like in uh, Book Five with Umbridge and all her rules and mm. how things are circumvented and how, like you, you know, you try to suppress something and it's just that. Yeah, you that's can't. When you grip and it's. Yep. You know, can't do it. Uh, now everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Though, though it did seem like when he recounted it to uh, Ron and Hermione, maybe that there, there were details, details that, that yeah, there. yeah, for just sure. This, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know how rumors are, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited though. We did it. Yeah. We did it. We we have, uh, with your, our wonderful listeners and viewers, made it through Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Mm-hmm. Or Harry Potter and the, the Philosopher's, Philosopher's Stone, Stone, depending on which version you read. <laughs> uh, we are planning either this Sunday, if we can make it happen this upcoming Sunday, which would be the 29th, 29th. 
to do like a YouTube uh, end, premiere. Uh, yeah, YouTube premiere and an end of book kind of a summary where we will have made a podcast episode talking about uh, the book as a whole mm-hmm. and then be able to watch it with people uh, as a premiere if if they're around at that time and chat with them. And Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll be uploaded for all the podcast listeners yeah. as a regular episode that you can listen to. For so either recap. next Sunday or maybe the one after. We'll see because we have some other irons in the fire right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, But we would like to, I think, just move right into book, book two, two, right? Yeah. Without any sort of, uh, you know, break. Why take mm-hmm. a break? Let's do it. We got, we got some momentum. We're into the next story. We have some wonderful characters come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chamber oh, of Secrets. Miss Ginny Weasley. Dobby. We saw her in this book being like, look, mom, it's Harry Potter. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh. She's so funny. Yeah. Molly's like, stop pointing. I oh my God. Oh, we all know who he is. Cracks me up. Yeah. But I'm excited. Yeah. Great. Thanks for Great. everyone. For watching. Listening. listening. Yeah. yeah. And right. until next time, huh? Yep. Okay. Juan's ready. ready.